0: Welcome to the STL Soccer Report, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network.
1: Hello and welcome to the STL Soccer Report. It's brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network, and it is sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Thanks for joining me, and uh, we have a really good show, kind of packed show. Uh, the first thing you will be hearing is Jeremy Allenbaugh, and mostly, I know I just talked to him recently, but uh, this is mostly about the uh, midseason or uh, sorry, the uh, USL league meetings that happened uh, during the all-star game for MLS. And um, he went and talked and didn't have a whole lot to report on. Uh, But what little he did report, um, have to report on, he did give me, of course. And uh, I'm excited to show that to you. There are a few little things in there that kind of take a situation where we don't know what's going to be decided. And he kind of gives an idea of perhaps when that will be decided and almost a hint that it's not decided yet. And so um, at least that tells us that if anyone is kind of hinting that certain things are decided or, um, you know, things are figured out in certain areas about USL, you'll kind of hear that, no, those aren't decided. Any rumors you're hearing are uh, can be dismissed. So um, that's all, um, about Jeremy there, but at the, uh, second half of this episode, you're going to hear, um, all about, uh, Tyler Pollock is a, is a team, a player we just got from FC Cincinnati, rather FC Miami. Um, but, um, Cincinnati had him for two years before that. And, um, you know, the Miami team played in, uh, NPSL, which is a shorter season. So, um, their season's done and now he's available and St. Louis went and got him. Uh, for depth at left back, perhaps starting if he can beat out, um, I always want to say Fenlison, Colbertson, um, at left back. Sounds like they're both pretty steady guys and, uh, either one could be playing by the end of the season and perhaps into the playoffs if all, if all goes well. Um, I'm saying this to you, I'm recording right now, it's a little bit before, um, the game, the Wednesday night game against Sacramento Republic. Um, you'll be listening to this after the game's over. So I'm excited to go tonight. And, uh, I think the only thing I wanted to say about that is, um, that, uh, that if they win tonight. I think I might start letting the faith creep in a little bit, the hope creep in that, that we're going to make the playoffs. Uh, I think everyone would be happy that if we make the playoffs and we're knocked out even in the first round, I think we're all still going to be very happy with, with what has happened, especially uh, with where we sat three games ago in, in the league table um, and how that's turned around as of late against maybe mediocre um, opponents Uh, But boy, they looked very, very good against Las Vegas and um, they've been scoring more goals as of late. So let's see what they can do against one of the top sides in the Western Conference, Sacramento Republic. So um, I will talk to you in between these two interviews. um, But the first one here, um, that one will be with Jeremy Allenbaugh talking about the league meetings. Welcome back to the show, and I have Jeremy Allenbaugh uh, joining me again. We just met a couple uh, weeks ago, but when we talked last, I wanted to hear a little bit about the uh, league meetings when he got done with that,
2: um, and what you went. you just got back a few days ago, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, I had to lose track of time with all these games, so yeah, yeah it was a little bit a little bit longer than a few days, but uh, still fresh in our minds for sure. Definitely.
1: Um, well, the first thing you mentioned
2: about the meetings was that it's a little bit of a different structure this year, and so I was curious about that. Yeah, so I think our first year of meetings we went to was in Portland in 2014, uh, the year before we started. So that uh, the meetings and the room looks a lot different, and uh, than, it, than it did, you know, four or five years ago, whatever it is. But now it's um, we've really taken another step, I think, as a league. Or now we're breaking into an owners uh, subcommittee, an executive one. There's one on. Um, you know, player personnel and uh, youth uh, development and uh, business strategy. So there's a lot of different meetings now, uh, subcommittees that are represented uh, by the appropriate people from the clubs, mm-hmm. and then those committees bring back information to the Board of Governors. So it's really changed the dynamic of those of those days that we're together. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the biggest or bigger topics come out still in the winter meetings in December. Which will be done in Tampa again this year, but it was really productive, and it was it allowed for a lot more, just fluid conversations and you know side meetings with different groups of people getting together to talk about things, and um, it was just a really really productive, but in a different sense than maybe it's been uh, done in the past. Are there other teams or other
1: um, front office guys that you guys are teaming up with mainly, or? Yeah, be careful
2: teaming up because then it makes it sound like we're <laughs> <laughs> we're conspiring well, it's funny in that something. way, right? But there <laughs> there are definitely groups that tend to socialize and hang out together, yeah, um, more than others because of either like mindedness on the technical side or the business side or a combination, um, and just some really, you know, really interesting people, um, and just everybody does their thing differently. And I think that's one of the great things about this league is just yeah. everybody finds a way to make it work in their, you know, in their environment, in their community, however you want to phrase that up with their club. So it's uh, it leads to some really fun, interesting conversations. And there's <laughs> definitely some people that we tend to uh, socialize or discuss things with more than others, but. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's a really good group.
1: Mm, nice. Is, are you allowed to tell us, like, what you guys are working on right now, trying to figure out?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I mean, obviously just things that have been out in, in the public. You know, there's a lot of discussions on, uh, on players, and, you know, as players continue, um, the level player continues to raise in this league, what are we doing as clubs to uh, make sure that this is a league that attracts good players and can keep good players in it? and be a good opportunity for players you know in the u.s and around the world and so just making sure that we're you know trying to you know to do a good job there with things a lot of business strategy just based around new stadium developments new developments um you know just looking at um you know just some different league initiatives you know visiting the broadcast how's it working you know what's everybody's thoughts on espn3 or uh, espn plus some people love it some people you know, or maybe struggling in their markets. Um, so just a lot of conversations around those type of things and a lot of strategic initiatives that, uh, you know, I think we're going to make some good progress on here over the, over the next couple of months. Mm.
1: What was it like
2: the first, uh, league meeting you went to? Was it after you were announced or did you go right before? Yeah, no, it was after we were announced. We were announced in May of 14, the all-star game, uh, the mid-year meeting was at the All-Star Game in Portland. Okay. So that was interesting. We're at the Nike headquarters. Oh, yeah. At that time, there were, you know, 20 teams, maybe, something like that. And now there's a, a room full of 38 different ownership groups, um, you know, in that meeting. And then you throw on, you know, another league uh, in there as well. Division three guys were there, so right. got to meet a lot of them and interact with a lot of those different leadership groups and um, obviously a lot of movement and a lot of uh, things going on there. But... It's completely, it's 180% different than it was back in 2014. And that's not a slight on, on anyone. It's just the league has oh. grown and matured, and teams have grown and matured. And what we're talking about in there now is so different than what we talked about uh, back in 2014. So, you know, from that standpoint, it's really positive, and it really shows the growth of the game in this country. Um, still a long way to go, but, you know, some, some really uh, some really good dialogue. Yeah, and so you mentioned D3 in there. I was curious
1: about what the buzz is around D2. You said that you guys are meeting separately. You're not with them necessarily, but they're there, and you guys are hanging. So what's the buzz about them from the D2 side of things
2: perspective? Excitement, um, questions, you mm-hmm. know, what is it going to look like? <clears throat> Excuse me, so for a club like um, Phoenix, you know, they've invested in the Tucson group, and now the PDL group, that's going to move to Division three. so now there's an ownership there. Are they going to be able to loan players back and forth? Um, you know, I mean, you can always loan players, but, you know, how is that going to work? Uh, you know, so there's some questions there. Us personally, we've had conversations with at least four or five of the different groups just talking about uh, preseason opportunities, maybe an exhibition game. Um, what are their plans? What can we help with, either in the technical side or the business side? Um, you know, for everything, from coaching candidates, you know, uh, obviously, We've gone through a lot of candidates in the last two years for our, yeah, no our coaching positions, so a lot of people asking about different people that we've spoken with, and just a really, um, you know, good, uh, just good. Like I said before, open dialogue amongst everybody. But I think from the Division two teams, there's some, you know, excitement because there's a whole another level. Whether that's partnering up with somebody um, as in a, you know, as a technical partner, or some preseason opportunities, or you know what's going to happen with some of these things so some questions are out there but i think there's a a sense of excitement about some of these groups that are you know that are coming in that have been announced and you know some of the ones that haven't been announced it should be you know should be really positive
1: yeah um from what i've heard there's been a lot more interest than even the, the league expected which is a good thing um and that was really interesting what you said about phoenix and um oh no well tucson tucson thank yep. you I almost said tempe um I because I was thinking about asking about is that going to be a problem with someday D two and D three could team up and what does that look like I didn't think it was actually going to
2: happen but it is I mean perhaps I think you know I don't want to speak for you know for the guys out in Phoenix but um, you know I know they you know it's part of their plan and and their structure is what they have going on there and I think it's it's exciting Um, you know more opportunities for players more opportunities for players to develop you know in one environment. And you know one structure, and I think is only going to be good for for player development and, and uh, in this country. So you know perhaps more opportunities for younger players mm-hmm. and a true you know quote unquote first team environment. Um, so I mean I think there's a that's going to be an interesting one to track how that works um, and you know what rules and mechanisms are put in place there, but. Um, the guys in Phoenix are, are good friends of ours, and we've had some conversations with them just about what they're doing and you know what they're trying to pull, you know, pull off there. And I think it's uh, it's something that some people are going to have some eyes on to see what does that mean for perhaps other opportunities, you know, yeah. uh, in the country
1: looking for those edges perhaps yeah I mean anybody
2: <laughs> for sure I mean you're always you're always trying to uh to make sure that you're ahead of things and not behind things yeah no no kidding um I think the thing that's weighing heavily on St.
1: louis's minds is the conference discussion and I think we were all expecting to kind of hear something in the weeks following um so obviously that was talked about um any any what is the word I'm looking for? Any progress there? Any progress? Yeah, so... Um,
2: I have an idea of what progress means, but not everyone might agree. Yeah. Um, no, so it was on the agenda, and I got, you know, there's no announcement coming out. It's been tabled. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, you know, we did discuss the and, and voted on the league uh, season becoming longer, mm-hmm. which I think is a positive thing, again, for players, and yes. getting rid of some of that, hopefully getting rid of some of that schedule congestion. I mean, just look at our own schedule. We played Saturday against Vegas, Wednesday against Sacramento, Saturday against Fresno, and we're off for a week. But then we go another Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, um, you know, which uh, those, those are not easy. Those are mm-hmm. not easy on clubs, those are not easy on fans, they're not easy on players. So hopefully that season opening up is, uh, is positive for all those different factions and those different uh those different groups and then when it comes to conference alignment makeup which i'm sure everybody's you know got their conspiracy theories that (laughs) st louis is going to end up in the canadian premier league i think that was (laughs) that was the best one i saw on social media was you know we're going to go there for a year um we'll see what happens um you know i think uh the the league continues to really try to be ahead of things and um you know we'll we'll move forward with with that one when uh, when the time is right but yeah we didn't we didn't decide on anything down yeah. there which is okay because you know there's you know there's a lot of things out there right now that we need to continue to focus on and then when everything's kind of settled then you know then we can do that vote and, and see you know where things head well and yeah
1: things settle kind of at the last minute because there's these days in USL it's so many moving parts so many clubs leaving and, and changing and perhaps going down who knows but um is there a meeting another meeting that is happening where you will vote or is it just going to be a special
2: uh, my guess is usually board of governors went we'll, we'll do a teleconference cool. so just a conference call um the next time that we'll be together as a group will be in december mm-hmm. and we'll definitely vote before then is what we've been told
1: oh good okay yeah. thank you for that um um, let's just move on is there anything else you want to say about the conference the meetings
2: no I think it was it was good it was uh, great to see Atlanta's atmosphere it was great to like I said network and just talk to a lot of the new Division 3 clubs and some of the new Division 2 you know USL mm-hmm. clubs coming in and seeing the excitement that uh, is out there in an Albuquerque and what Memphis is getting ready to do and um, I had lunch with the guys from Birmingham and you know they've uh, they're really excited and asking a lot of questions and um, it's just it's a much like I said it's a much different environment and atmosphere at those meetings now compared to four years ago so it's really good to see the league just continue to progress and uh, it was uh, it was a really a really good trip and in a different type of way Mm -hmm. than than, uh, has been done before. Does everybody go to the All Star Game and enjoy the festivities? Most people do. Yeah. I'll be completely honest. This is the first year we that I've been in two years, just because it's the middle of the season and there's so much going on. Yeah. Last year, you know, as soon as our meetings were done, we in Chicago, we just jumped in and got back here and didn't go to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, wanted to see it and see that place and what it's like. And um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of socializing that goes on for those couple of days, and uh, that game is a is a big focal point for yeah. sure. That's cool.
1: Especially that stadium would be interesting oh, to Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on. Since I'm talking to you, I want to talk shortly about <laughs> the last few games have been very good for St. Louis fans, obviously, and we have a, a couple player signings and, and different things to talk about. So let's start with um, you know the last three games. Three-game winning streak now, it's official, um, but not top-of-the-table teams. So what do you think about how they've been lately?
2: I think the biggest thing to take away is that um, – you know the guys have been pushing hard and have continued to, to kind of show their, you know their mentality. You know, and that mm-hmm. was we obviously went on the road in Reno and, and got one late after you know giving up one and then being up a man and yeah. just pushing and pushing and pushing and to get those two goals just shows the the grit and determination of this team and 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 the coaching staff and what they put into it. So. And then you follow that up with uh, a very talented Seattle team. I mean, they just beat San Antonio, and I think they were down a man. Somebody said, and mm. um, so you know they come in here, and we get two goals, and then maybe they have a little bit of the, a better of it in the second half. But it's hard, it's hard to play a team like that and outpossess them because that's what they really live and, and die for is possession. Mm. Um, maybe not with a purpose all the time, but they really, um, you know, that's what they they focus on. So you know, we get through that one, get the result and then we have you know vegas come in last saturday and you just don't know what they're going to bring and what to expect so that's a tough team to prepare for i mean obviously Mm -hmm. the number of restarts and head balls that our back line had to win and crosses and just some of the you know off the ball stuff and the physicality that went on our guys did a really good job of managing that so Three good results. You can only beat the teams that are out in front of you. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously we got a, a really uh, tough one on Wednesday against, against SAC. And, and, you know, we stole one from them, you know, maybe a point with the, the late goal by wall. So I'm sure they're coming in here uh, knowing, A, that we're on a little bit of a roll. And then also knowing that we, you know, maybe did them wrong in their home stadium. So they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. So it should be a great a great game on Wednesday night.
1: Yeah, uh, they might feel about us what we felt about Vegas in Correct. a way. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, let's talk about some players. Uh, I want to hear about Audi Jepsen. I asked him how to pronounce his name. It's not like the car. So, <laughs> uh, tell me about this guy.
2: Yeah, yeah He's a good player. He's uh, somebody that we've. You know, tracked for for a couple of months now okay. um, since he ended up in Des Moines. You know, he's in a couple pre with some teams. Was that Des, Des Moines this season? Mm-hmm. Okay. This summer, yeah. Okay, he just didn't latch on with anybody. But you know, he has some goals and and some aspirations. So he went to Des Moines, and there were a number of guys similar to him in Des Moines. Some mm-hmm. free agent type guys not your typical pdl college kid getting ready for a college season yeah. um, they had some of those but they had a lot of you know either former pros that were free agents or guys trying to break in and credit to him he went there and made the most of his summer um you know very technical player good comfort on the ball good comfort on possession uh, ball striking finishing ability can cover some ground um you know so and then just really fits in with our locker room you know great person nice. mentality all those type of things so he brings us some depth brings us um you know he's got a little bit of flexibility he can play a couple of different spots and like we talked about our congestion schedule it's going to be important that uh, that guys like him can continue to push and and perhaps help us some minutes during you know during that stretch run so really really uh, pleased for him
1: yeah definitely um michael cox came in and, and got a goal Mm-hmm. um that was really that was my favorite goal of the night with the, the combination that happened with uh, three different guys there. Um, tell me more about Michael Cox he's cleared health is good
2: yeah he's all good and ready to go finally um, <laughs> you know and credit to him and credit to the staff and and the medical staff for just being thorough and making sure everything was was good and good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not sharp right now he needed those minutes just to get back into it gotcha. but he's only been training for a little over a week after you know in nashville right before he came here nashville was on a bit of a road swing and he wasn't cracking into that 18 anymore so his level of sharpness coming in wasn't where he would want to be Mm -hmm. and then you throw in the medical situation and um, so he had even more time off so it's going to take us a little bit of time to see where where he can end up but you know you got some glimpses of it on saturday and the movement and the activity you know his touch wasn't where he would want to be but you know, credit to him on, on on the goal, and it was a great little combination play, and um, you could just sense a load off of, off of his back a little bit to play. Yeah. And um, you know, some depth up there is going to be important. And he's a you know he's a proven scorer in this league, and you know um, something that uh, you know that will help us.
1: Yeah. Um, speaking of him coming in and getting depth, um, it doesn't hurt. But we're actually more healthy now than maybe ever in this season.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we're we're pretty close. You know, we're we're pretty close, so we're in a we're in a good spot with uh you know, with numbers and getting guys back, which is, you know, ideally where you want to be at this time of year is on the upward swing and I think when it comes to injuries and, you know, where guys are fitness standpoint, we're we're almost there. Do you feel like
1: the team's somewhat been treading water and scrambling and shuffling a lot to kind of make it or do you feel like it's been extremely comfortable no
2: i would say you know go to the vegas road game and maybe another game or two around that one and yeah i do feel that we were you know kind of scrambling um but again that just goes to the credit of the guys a lot of teams during that stretch would have found reasons to throw in the towel would have found reasons to point fingers would have a lot of coaching staffs would have whined and and moaned about not having this, or we need to go get that. And we just dealt with the cards that were that were handed to us. Mm. And um, that's a credit to everybody in that locker room and that coaching room, that we got through it. And then we got some guys back. We made some adjustments. You know, made a couple moves, bringing in, like you said, Audie, yeah. bringing in uh, Michael Cox has really allowed us to, um, you know, to settle in and and you know and make some of these things and a couple other moves that have happened behind the scenes have, have allowed us to be in a good position right now.
1: yeah um, so that leads me to Austin Marts um, where it is perhaps we might see him in the future. I know he's getting better
2: mm-hmm. so he's close. So he you know trained a little bit last week with the group. Um, you know there are a few things that he that they pulled him out to do separately, but he was able to do quite a bit and then you know he will be almost full go by next week mm-hmm. so he'll train with us Monday, Tuesday this week um, do some stuff on his own on Wednesday Friday, Saturday uh, he'll train with the academy so he'll train with the, with the oh, 19s cool. because the first team will be out of town and then next week he should be full go in training and then from there it's just okay how close is he? Is he able to make that Northwest trip and contribute? Mm-hmm. Does he need a little bit more time and and be here for the, for the game on the 8th? Time will tell but he's he's and the, he's right on the edge of, of being ready to go.
1: Very nice. Um, I was curious. Okay, so <laughs> I'm just checking to see if I can ask about this. Um, curious if we might see De Silva, if it's even an option at this point. He's kind of been up and down a little bit.
2: Yeah, no. Um, so we're excited that Orlando you know, allowed him to stay through that Seattle game. That was mm-hmm. good to have him here again. As we dealt with you know some of the injuries and getting some guys back and some of these moves and stuff, and he was a big piece obviously in the Reno game and the Seattle game. Uh, I saw that he was in their 18-man roster uh, oh, last night for okay. DC. So I was hoping to see him get on the field, but he you know he didn't. It was mm-hmm. a weird game. They went down a man. Um, didn't happen. So yeah, there's a chance that he could be back. Uh, it's just going to depend on you know what's best for him and and what uh, does Orlando think he kind of needs. Does he mm-hmm. need to stay there for a couple weeks and see? You know what he can do there or does he need to come and get some more games so time will tell uh, but good open dialogue with those guys yep. you know their gm uh nikki budulich and and, and james o'connor obviously that we know and Ant has a relationship with james and um you know they've been good to work with so you know, we'll just kind of you know see what happens and hopefully what's best for pierre is is what occurs and but you know we're we felt that uh, he did well here and, and we were able to to help him make some progress as well definitely um we'll we'll wrap it up i um, kind of just anything else you want to talk about and
1: maybe also talk about the coming game on wednesday
2: with sacramento yeah so sac is obviously a team that i would say is similar to us in a lot of ways in the sense that they've gone through some changes from you know precky to paul buckle to you know paul bringing in his own guys And then, you know, Paul leaves uh, right before the beginning of the season this year. So now there's a whole other change. So I think we're similar in terms of, you know, they've been able to keep a little bit more of a core and bring some guys back. They bring back Camawasa. We bring back Sam Fink. Um, Now they have a star in their jersey, and we don't. So Mm. we're not that similar to them in some ways. But um, I do think there is some corresponding – Similarities to rosters and some coaching changes and some things that they've been through uh, as a club. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of similarities there on the field. Possession-oriented group, talented, some good attacking players from all parts of the field. Consistent goalkeeping with uh, Cohen He's done a really good job coming in in there. I think he was in Phoenix last year, if I recall, and he was at OC the year before that. Um, so they're good. A good solid group of some veteran guys and some younger guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we're gonna we're gonna need a good performance to to battle against them on Wednesday, um, and hopefully you know the crowd and the energy in the stadium is the same as it has been the last two weeks. Um, you know I think the energy in the stadium is has really propelled the guys and pushed them on. It's been awesome to you know to see and be a part of. So yeah. looking for that on Wednesday night, and it should be it's gonna be a good level of soccer, 100% good level of soccer.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yes, I'll just agree with you and let that be (laughs) it. Um, I think that's all I got for you, Jeremy. Thanks for joining me.
2: Perfect.
1: Hope you enjoyed that interview with Jeremy. Next up is Boston Brazel. He is part of Cincinnati Soccer Talk. And uh, he was nice enough to last minute come talk to me about our new player, Tyler Pollock. And he's the one that told me how to pronounce that. It's not Pollock, It's not hockey. That's how I went at it originally, but he corrected me, um, because I asked and there we are Pollock. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about this player and he tells me a whole lot more about him. A lot of good information here. And also we talk a little bit about FC Cincinnati and and where they're going and how they're going to do it and all that. And we geeked out a lot off, um, off air to kind of talk a little bit more about Cincinnati and their future. And, um, you know, good things ahead for those guys and I wish them the best for sure. I mean that sincerely. So uh, I know we go back and forth a lot, but that's been nothing but good for uh, me kind of straightening out my biases and, and talking about that sort of thing. All the Cincinnati talk, uh, soccer talk guys are really good about that. So thanks to them for everything. And of course, especially a lot of thanks for Boston for coming on last minute and informing us on Tyler. And here is that interview now. Welcome back to the show and uh, this time I am here with Boston Brazzle from Cincinnati Soccer Talk and he's joining me to talk about our new player, Tyler Pollock. Uh, Boston, uh, I almost wanted to call you Razzle Dazzle from listening to your show so much, <laughs> but uh, thanks for joining me, man. Oh, I'm, I'm pleased to
0: be on Um how are you doing, Phil? Everything's everything's pretty good over here in Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, it ought to be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it ought to be, buddy. Um, no, St. Louis has taken a nice turn playing some somewhat easy teams, but it's been nice to have a three-game winning streak for a change. So things are good here, and we're going to talk about it, Cincinnati. i tell you what. It, it Go ahead. I was just going to say it's... Uh,
0: it's kind of weird for me as a Cincinnati fan. You know, last year I cared so much about St. Louis, what they were doing, you know, because their results impacted us and and we had some sweet games against each other. And then all of a sudden it's like you guys are in this distant land called the Western Conference that uh, <laughs> that uh, I no longer can fully pay 100% attention to with just how many teams are in this league.
1: Uh, it might as well be called the Great Expanse. It's so It's so <laughs> spread out over here. <laughs> i missed the uh what is it six or eight hours to get to cincy i think it's six hours which isn't too bad that's like yeah, you even came i did Met you for awesome. one of them had a yeah. good time oh i had a great time you guys were uh, really good hosts you even came over like you brought us beers during the game dude that was so oh, nice. yeah that's right i did i'll never forget that that was uh that was a good time you guys have a really good setup there and uh Actually, yeah, before we even kick into that, I actually that's the one thing I think about with your setup right now is so good. Um, I worry about it being so different in, in the new place you're going to build, in the new location. But I don't know anything about the new location. Is that something you guys are worried about?
0: Uh, not too much. I mean, I think we have a, a big gap right till we get there. It's going to be... Yeah. Uh, two years is what they think. You know, if it follows the D.C. Minnesota timelines, everything gets delayed, right, in construction. So I actually <laughs> expect it to be more like two and a half years or sure. something like that. But uh, uh, so we've got we've got a lot more of Nippert to cherish and hold on to, and then hopefully, you know, they can take the best parts of that experience and and move it into the new one. I'm excited. Uh, obviously, there's always a little bit of caution and what will it be like i'm sure there'll be a lot of things that are better and then probably even a few things we miss
1: mm-hmm. and i think i saw are they updating nippert one more time or are they gonna leave it as is right now
0: i think a few a few more updates but most of the update most of the big updates have been done with mm-hmm. scoreboards and expanding the fields and cutting out corners and yeah. i mean they've spent a good chunk of money
1: yeah on nippert yeah, they sure have, but it was worth it. It looked really, really good um, when I went there last year. And I actually really loved the um, I really loved the architecture of the place, so I thought that was pretty cool as well. I um, wanted to ask you, too, about a couple of the new players. Obviously, everyone's talking about uh, Fernando Adi, um, but can you talk about the other two players that you got, Alashe and I'm blanking on the uh, left back, which is very, um, it applies to our conversation today, right? Well, I think a little bit, uh,
0: oh, shoot. I'm trying to, I, I, hate, I hate, um, I hate this pronunciation. Cause I'm not good yet. I, I'm waiting for like <laughs> a bunch of official, like, well, you know, when you're watching the game and they, they commentate, Oh, and, and here's Kai, <laughs> <laughs> However you say his last name. So then I'll be like, okay, that's it. I got it now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Lashi, uh, he's, uh, working his way in with the team. Same with, um, Audi. And, um, I think we f- Today or tomorrow, um, um, we'll get uh, a green card um, for our left back and get it. Kind of, hopefully, get start working him in. But we haven't seen much of really, to be honest with you, any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Audis gotten two. I want to say. 30 minute or less goes yep. and so but he's still he even the even this last week when he came in he had um gone back to portland for most of the week and he's moving his stuff here and so he hasn't even really practiced the team there's oh, well wow. there's very little chemistry um still so you know we didn't expect him to see high you know to be highly featured in that game mm-hmm. and um he still had a couple chances but uh, i don't think we've seen anything like we're gonna see hopefully from him yet
1: yeah, I saw his uh, debut and um, of course, uh, you know, the crowd went crazy. And like you said, there's not much chemistry. I think it was pretty obvious, but he still almost call, uh, scored on a, on a cross from Ledesma, which yeah. uh, first of all, I was like, Nashville, what are you doing? You you mark <laughs> tightly the two best players on the team and they're trying yeah. to combine, you know, but uh, uh, can you tell us what that was like that first time he came on the field and and, and you know, everyone was going crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I I told my wife, I'm sitting there in the stands and I'm like, I wonder how this is going to be perceived because all, obviously all of us supporters, the Bailey knows what's up. Um, the diehard fans all know what's up, but let's mm. be honest, when you have twenty something thousand people in the stadium, over half of those fans are your families coming in from the suburbs or you know, your um kids and families coming up from soccer clubs. So honestly, I was like, I wanna I wanna see how educated this city is. Like, <laughs> do they really know what we have here? Do we know that we have a two million dollar player playing in the USL? Right. And that reception, just just speaking his name and watching 20 something thousand people get on their feet and you know in the 70th minute and just go nuts like they knew like i don't know if it was the news or the newspaper pumping it out or what but everybody in that stadium knew that we, we you know we're about to see something special and that was that was probably the coolest thing for me it was just like wow
1: we've come a long way
0: in three years
1: mm-hmm. yes i mean maybe the furthest you know from from start to uh finish here it's uh Quite um, quite a feat that you guys have pulled off, and, and I think um, I love it. I personally love it. I know a lot of hate is thrown Cincinnati's way, but um, <laughs> you know I think the only hate I have is what I made pretty obvious in an article, and, and you helped me with that, and I appreciate it, but uh, for the yeah. most part... Um, I'm so happy you guys are going to MLS. I'm happy you are getting these players early and, and getting them worked in before next year. Um, you just don't have much time to get ready, and I'm glad you have the opportunity to do it as early as now, even even if it's USL. And when, again, is USL going to see something like this? It is possible with if Phoenix goes up or another team, you know, Nashville could do it next year. But I don't know. Since he's always had that vibe where they're going to go all out no matter where they are or how they do yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, bigger is better, no matter even if it's, uh, <laughs> you know, we go out in the playoffs early or something. Yeah. We're still going to go bigger is better every year.
1: I like it. I like it. Well, I'm glad we got to talk about that a little bit. And, again, um, you really helped me um, shape my opinion when I freaked out about the whole Audi acquisition. Um, it was You were really helpful in trying to help me figure out all the facts and all the viewpoints. So I appreciate that. Um, no problem but I wanted to mostly talk about uh, Tyler Pollock. And so I wanted to see if you could kind of give us the skinny on, on his time with Cincinnati.
0: Yeah. Tyler Pollock was uh, one of the, you know, original FC Cincinnati players. He, he had a, a pretty good history, you know, playing in Rochester and, and been around the USL a little bit, even before that, I believe. And just um, was a solid player. you know, if you come from a Rochester team, it's probably already a big, bonus on your resume you know you've got the you've got the defense uh down rhinos were famous for that and i think that was a big reason he was brought in here to you know from cincinnati john harks our coach at the time um Worked 100% off referrals. You know, it was his first year coaching. He didn't have, you know, extensive USL experience. So, what he did um, when he brought players in that first year is he just reached out. He reached out to his friends in the American soccer world. He reached out to coaches that he knows, um, you know, people even at the Federation, just like, hey, who, who are the guys I can get? You know, mm-hmm. who do you know of that's out of contract or, well, you know, will be out of contract? Where should I look? And he got a lot of help. And, uh, that was kind of his mark on that first year. He brought in a bunch of players and somebody somewhere along the lane said, Hey, you need to, you need to go get Tyler Pollock. Um, still young, uh, great player, and he's very good defensively for left back. So John did just, did just that brought him into Cincinnati and he started over 30 games. Yeah. Anytime you can start and play in 30 plus games, I mean, it's, just truly immaculate right in the usl where you have these long seasons wednesdays and playing on saturdays you know sometimes twice a week in a row um and then factor in the open cup games he was playing in those uh just really stamina the guy has got it and 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 when he wasn't on the field whether he was subbed out or or the few times he didn't start uh we felt the lack of his presence Mm. he's um He's what, you know, and in, in many times I saw writers all over Cincinnati refer to him as, you know, a guy that gets no credit because he just does his job. He's a very silent um, contributor to the team. He's even soft-spoken, so it kind of funnily goes along with that. Hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, he was a, he's a great piece to have. And so uh, going into that 2017 season, it was a, it was a no-brainer, really, you know, that, that Harks would keep him. Yeah, it
1: was interesting how Hark's built uh, a team like that through referrals, and and a lot of times you have to do that in the first year, but he built a really very quality team even that first year, and um, I compare that to St. Louis's first year, and it was very much, they tried to go local, and it really didn't work. It didn't work at all, so, um, you know, it's cool, and and he does have a good pedigree because, you know, he comes from IMG Academy, um, played on the youth national team quite a bit. Um, and then he got lots of games with your team starting in 2016, but, uh, you were saying earlier how that kind of changed and shifted once the, uh, coaching change happened from, uh, Harks to, um, Koch. Yeah. So, um, 2017
0: rolls around. We have an unexpected coaching change. Uh, Harks is out right before preseason camp, but most of his players are here. And so you bring in Alan Koch and Alan wants to shape this team on his own. And he kind of has to do a lot of it on the fly but one position he didn't touch for a little bit was the left back. He let Tyler be that guy and Tyler was still that guy and he he had a hard time um, you know, had that chemistry. He still had all those year 1 players he was used to playing with and I really think that helped. Now that Cincinnati's defense was um it did go, you know, did regress, I would say in year 2. Hmm. Um they had trouble keeping, you know, a lot of teams out of the net, but the, but overall, you know, they still finished sixth place and were doing well. And Tyler was doing well, uh, even um, after FC Cincinnati brings in Justin Hoyt, who is a right back but also can play left back. You know, we thought for a moment, like, oh boy, hmm. you know, wonder if Tyler's gonna see uh, see some playing time a dip here because I think I think he was second uh, midway through that 2017 season. He was second all time FC Cincinnati minutes leader, hmm. and so. Um, You know, it was interesting to see what's going on. And then he does um, amazing in the Open Cup. And, in fact, he's credited for being a big part of the reason FC Cincinnati beat the Columbus Crew. And so after that game, you know, he's got all these accolades. And then he – I can't remember exactly when it was. I think it was a 3-2 win we had versus Louisville where he gets injured. And that, pri- that right there is probably the defining moment of his 2017 season, unfortunately, because he struggles to get back in the lineup consistently once that takes place. And he misses a lot of games, and then, you know, other teammates come in, and you know how it goes. you, and And it's just hard to get your spot back sometimes when you have a, a big enough injury. And so we saw him just kind of dip, in and out for a little bit and he I think to close the season he missed four games in a row and then he was in the final last two games
1: Gotcha and so and then that brings us up to date now right is that the last two games that yeah, you bit I mean there was that there was that moment where
0: okay who were we going to keep we knew after 2017 we had the disappointing first round playoff loss we finished sixth place um so you can definitely say the season was worse than the first year, even though it was, you know, a decent result on its own, you know, getting into the playoffs. But overall, I think the fans were disappointed. We had expected to finish third or above again. And so Jeff Birding and Alan Koch decide, you know, they're in the middle of this MLS push and they decide that they're going to do an overhaul. So the question is, okay, well, you know, they're going to keep some of the year one guys, but who are they going to keep? And it gets down to this bubble where Tyler Pollock is, probably worthy of being kept quite honestly in fact um i know the local newspaper the cincinnati Inquirer here had called him the star player of the month in july Uh, and everybody really thought he would make the team Hmm. and of all the moves um all the people that they didn't bring back tyler pollock is still uh sometimes the most criticized
1: oh no kidding yeah and
0: uh, i mean the inquiry even did a whole piece like we can't believe Tyler Pollock didn't make it. Uh, they, they, You know, uh, the writers there loved him. And so it was, it was really surprising. It kind of was. And then I thought, man, what a lucky break for some other USL teams. Somebody's going to snatch this guy up, and they're going to have a great left back. And then nothing happened. And then he got picked up by uh, Miami, who was in its own turmoil situation, dropping out of NASL because they're... Uh, You know, without getting into too crazy details, but their league folds and then they have to dip all the way down to amateur soccer. Mm -hmm. And so Tyler ended up on a amateur team's roster. You know, they, they had a lot of professionals on that team, but just totally surprising.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I actually, it's really funny because he parallels a player that I was really pushing to get instead of, instead of him who would have fit very nicely. It's the same kind of story where he was in and out of the lineup, um, last year for St. Louis, but he could play right back and left back. And, and the reason St. Louis was shopping for a fullback was because we just lost a guy to Duke university, a really quality younger player where he was beating out who our left back right now, who's also very good. And sometimes they would even combine where one would play ahead of the other. And um, anyway, we lost him. And so we need a little depth in case we, someone gets hurt. There are only, they were our only two left footed players at the time. And so um, this guy, Wes Sharpie would have been a great, a great um, ad because he could play both sides and Mm -hmm. we needed depth. Our, uh, one of our right backs is out right now. And so we needed that depth anyway. And so I was pushing for him who interestingly enough plays for, uh, Fort Lauderdale, um, Armada. So not Lauderdale. I do this every time. Um, where's Armada <laughs> base Jacksonville
0: Jacksonville. Yes.
1: Pardon me. So anyway, that's really interesting that I thought we might end up with him, especially cause we knew him. But, um, but you know, Tyler Pollock, I'm really excited to get him. It makes sense that he specializes as a left back and has this pedigree that we've just talked about. And, it makes me feel really good that Cincinnati liked him so much that there was some, some people being upset about losing him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just just part. Of, I, th- I honestly think he's just a victim of a overhaul,
0: a coaching change yeah. overhaul. Allen needed to make his mark, and then you know it also is kind of humorous as we go out and get Blake Smith from Miami, and Paulette goes <laughs> to Miami. So really, we just you know traded left backs. <laughs>
1: so funny. And yeah, and that's a story of like tons of players around the league. Is the loss of NASL and and NISA not working out, um, and only a certain amount of uh, teams in USL, even the ones we added, couldn't couldn't take on all these quality players that were professional quality. And so the the pool is still very large. There's lots of room for D three to come in, and and still room for the MPSL teams to get better and and perhaps grow into professional teams it's 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 a sad story at this state of of united states soccer but i imagine something's going to happen in the next three to five years to get them all jobs again
0: yeah uh, i mean I, I think we're gonna see a, a big boom right uh with player talent when because you, you're gonna have the usl d3 coming on board and mm-hmm. a possible another league coming on board around the d3 level so i mean i think that uh Whereas last year we saw a lot of players out looking for jobs uh, due to the loss of the league. And then, you know, some maybe never finding that job like, like a Tyler Pollock, um, w- which still just shocks me. Yeah. Um, the ne- This next upcoming year, you know, I think it's almost going to be a reverse, right? You got all these USL teams coming on mm. board, new leagues coming on board, new divisions coming on board. And we're, everybody's going to be like, hey, do you play soccer? You want to be on a team?
1: it may be quite possibly um and not to mention all the teams moving up to mls and then hopefully starting two teams i didn't warn you about this question but do you think cincinnati will have a two team in the near future sooner than later what do you think
0: it's an interesting concept and i've done so much digging on this subject because (laughs) the whole licensing fascinates me in the usl Mm -hmm. um it's probably only me that it fascinates, but um, yeah, so I've watched what's happened with USL licenses, and it's kind of odd, because if you leave the United Soccer League, your license doesn't just go back to the league or something. You you still own that, and um, Orlando, when they went to Major League Soccer, had this D2 license. They didn't know what to do with it, so they sold it to Louisville. Uh-huh. Uh, Cincinnati wanted to start a USL team, you know, at the time D3, and they go to Dayton and they bought it for $250,000 dirt cheap because Dayton didn't need it and didn't know what to do with it. And, you know, it's crazy to think about now. Yeah. You Holy know, cow. these licenses, your know, brand new ones are, you know, what, $6, $7, seven million. million dollars. Yeah, seven. Wow. We got a team for $250,000. <laughs> so, yes, FC Cincinnati will retain their USL license in some form or fashion from what I've gathered. Um, and so the question is... Um, what do they do with it? And I think we've got a pretty good answer that whatever it is won't be next year.
1: Okay, uh, right
0: on the club. Yeah, the club is um, focusing on building a new training facility that they hope to have up this winter. Uh, they're they're building a high school stadium so that they can move the high school stadium so that they can build their major league soccer oh, stadium right, and right. You we know, got a ton of projects right now, and uh, I don't think getting it you know, a D2 or D3 team up and running right away is the preference. I think the Academy actually is going to come first. And then I think you could possibly see something the following year.
1: Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. I, I do think that Academy is a little more important than having a two side, but I think at the same time, it's proven that uh, you need that bridge. Um, We've talked a lot about FC Dallas not having that uh, until, you know, I guess the bridge now is Bayern Munich, but, (laughs) um, you know, that's quite a, a good deal to have if you're an MLS team. It's become almost necessary, so... Cool, man. That was really good info because I didn't know you could sell them. That's really interesting. We ought to have a licensing conversation at some point so I can learn a little <laughs> bit more.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is it is fascinating and it cracks me up when when, when uh, they talk about it like, oh man, you got to pay $7 million to get in the league. I'm like, yeah, but you know, somebody theoretically could go get Rochester's license or right. I don't know if Wilmington ever sold it. You know what I mean? Like there's got to be these extra licenses floating, unless the USL has just changed the rules, but I don't know. I, you know, I I don't see how any former team that has an old license could, could be subject to any new rule changes anyway.
1: Well, these owners are capitalist fellas. So, um, I imagine they would be up in arms if someone said they couldn't sell their license. So (laughs) (laughs) I imagine it's still available. It'd be silly to take that away from them when they've invested so much money anyway. So, um, Boston, I think that's it for me, man. Anything else you want to say before you go? Just that uh, we in Cincinnati, you know, we'll be cheering for Tyler.
0: Um, he, he was a great addition to our squad. I think you guys are going to um, really enjoy watching him play. He won't, like I said, you're not going to finish a game and be like, oh, Tyler Pollock was the, the biggest star tonight. But he's – because he's just not that type of player. He goes out there. He does his job. He seals the left side of the field. Mm. And um, unless, you know – he does a spectacular goal line stand like he did for us in the 17 versus Toronto. That's the only moments, you know, where the left back is the star hmm. uh, or, you know, he moves forward and grabs a, a, an awesome assist. He had a couple of those, but it's pretty rare. I mean, he, he's a guy that goes in there, does his job. And if St. Louis needs, you know, a, a better defensive option, then he's your guy. And, and, and hopefully you're starting him right away.
1: Awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on and telling us all about them and uh, be looking forward to the next steps for uh, Cincinnati as well as, uh, you know, thanking the soccer guys that were not in your conference this year, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I thought our conference was going to be easier than this. It's a brutal conference. It truly is. You know, uh, yeah, we could go on about it. I was about to start ranting again, but we better <laughs> cut it off there. And, uh, you know, we'll be talking more in the future. So good luck to you, man. Yeah. Thanks everyone for tuning in. It is a pleasure to be able to talk to you. And I appreciate if you're listening to this, that you do that, that you download this, this podcast and listen to it. Um, no, I've never actually checked my numbers and uh, I don't really ever intend to. This is something I enjoy doing. And uh, I'm really lucky to be able to talk to the people I do and, and get responses from the people I do. So again, thank you to Jeremy Allenbaugh. Uh, thank you to Boston Brazzle and uh, all the players that are willing to cope with me, bugging them and asking them questions and talking to them. And uh, of course, anyone who is willing to talk all about St. Louis FC at games before and after and all the events that we do, um, I could talk to you guys for ages and ages. And so thanks to all you out there listening, talking, uh, coping with me. Uh, thank you again for listening. I do want to say Thank you also to our sponsor, uh, Roughneck Scarves. It's the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon.